Hello, this is Archbishop William Laurie of Baltimore, and you are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. Catholic Baltimore is a weekly radio program hosted by the Archdiocese of Baltimore, airing each Sunday following the broadcast of the Radio Mass of Baltimore. We are grateful to our Catholic radio partners for sharing with us some of the content in this program and for the opportunity to bring quality Catholic programming to the Archdiocese of Baltimore every Sunday. This is Chris Gunty of the Catholic Review. With us today on Catholic Baltimore is Dr. Peter Howard, renowned expert on the Blessed Virgin Mary. Peter holds a doctorate in sacred theology from the Angelicum in Rome. His passion is Venerable Fulton J. Sheen, The Man and His Mission. He is the author of the book, The Woman, The Mystery of Mary, and the Teaching of Fulton J. Sheen. Welcome to the show, Peter. Thanks, Chris. It's great to be with you. For listeners who might not be familiar with Archbishop Sheen, can you give us a brief background on this evangelist? He was born in 1895 in a small Illinois town and ordained a priest in 1919, so more than 100 years ago. Why is he important today? Well, I think he's important for two reasons. One, um, he was probably the, the most prophetic uh, of the Catholic communicators, especially in America, of the 20th century. His teachings were, I don't want to say revolutionary, but he was able to impact an entire culture um, through his use of the mass media. He found a way to bring the Catholic faith, especially in the United States, and, and put the Catholic Church on the map. And he was able to reach really what like I, I would call the 60% of the non-Catholics that are out there. And uh, he had a gift to, to be able to present the Christian philosophy of life as the only way, the only philosophy of life that will bring true happiness. And then along the way, he has so many prophetic teachings that I think are more relevant to today than even his own time. And so it's one of those things when you have a saint and you look at why God has put them in, his, in a particular time in history, you find that their relevance only increases as the challenges of the world happen. And, and when he's calling these things 80 years ago, that we're living at the end of an era, and then here we are. We know, even if you don't know the details, we are at a, at a critical moment of history. Why would God send us a prophet like Fulton Sheen, who, like I said, had a gift probably was the great master communicator of the Catholic faith of the 20th century. What was the core of his ministry? Well, he kind of described it in phases. You know, what he, his, his obsession was, even since his formation and um, becoming a priest was, he's like, I want to know what the modern world is thinking, and I want to be able to respond to its errors using St. Thomas Aquinas. Now, one may think that that's like, well, that's kind of a big theological thing, but the whole point is that, St. Thomas Aquinas, he was a realist. You know, he, he had a grasp on reality. And in a world that was rapidly departing from God, he knew that, as you could say, the metaphysics of St. Thomas is going to be important. We got to be anchored in something. And so that was his starting point. And then he would take them all the way from that to really, you know, to, to heaven. You know, how do, you, how do I take a culture from this point to finding their purpose in God and then taking them through all the stages of life so that in the end, they realize that everything that they are and everything that they do is oriented to being with God in heaven. And that was really his obsession. And he found different ways to do it. He used the radio for over 20 years, and that was directly presenting the faith to Catholics. It was called the Catholic Hour. But he did so well with that. And then he was invited to do a TV show in the 1950s called Life is Worth Living. 
And then that's where he had to then approach an entirely different audience that was really predominantly non-Catholic. And so he would start with things that are in common that everyone could understand. And by the end, he'd taken to something divine. And honestly, I didn't know this for, for a long time, but that show was destined to fail. And he went in and within a year, he became, he got an, uh, an Emmy for the, the, you know, the greatest TV personality over Milton Berle, Frank Sinatra. The Holy Spirit was working through him and truth resonates. And so that was his obsession during you know, the middle part, latter part of his life, I guess you can say. And then he said, there's another era to come of evangelization that I wish I could be a part of. Basically, it's what John Paul II's theology of the body is, is exactly what uh, Fulton Sheen said was going to be the evangelization of the future because the world is not going to come to God by just looking at the cosmos and all the order that's out there. Man's going to be so disordered from within. He says, that's, our, that's going to be our starting point, where we're wounded, where the unhappiness is. And he says, the, the, the prospects are endless. He said, but that's the evangelization of the future. And I, it was providential that then John Paul II comes in the first five years of his pontificate as exactly that, the theology of the body, every week, every, every Wednesday for five years. Mm -hmm. With that first television show, he really became the first televangelist, right? I mean, it, it, kind of the precursor to all these other things that are going on. How did he have an impact on so many people? And, and how did he get that lucky? <laughs> like I said, you know, the backstory is quite fascinating. And until this pandemic kind of came in and swiped the whole world away, uh, a group of us were, were working on a, a project to make a mini series on Fulton Sheen that was going to really highlight this, like for Netflix and these big things out there. Because nobody would have believed this, that you can get this, this man on there full regalia. He's going to go on there with a chalkboard and then just start teaching and, and, and then sweep people off of their feet. And I think it's, it's a combination of a few things. I think personality-wise, he had a magnetic personality. People that knew him and just saw, even people who remember watching him as kids on TV said there was something about him. Even like his eyes, when he looked at you, I, they felt like he was talking directly to them. And you know, I think, of course, spiritually, he was a man that was filled with the Holy Spirit. There's no way you can pull that off without that. And he attributed all of his success to the fact that he made a daily holy hour in front of the, of the Eucharist for 60 years from the day of his ordination, he made a promise and he never broke it because that's where my power comes from. But then, like I said before too, he, he studied everything. He wasn't just like, you know, like most of us, sometimes we'll, we'll take a little footnote here and a footnote there and it's enough to launch us onto something. He knew communism better than the communists. He knew what was going on way before the people knew it was a problem. And so he found that way to approach them with something, like I said, that, that they could grasp, something, it was a least common denominator, talking about, I don't know, uh, airplanes. And by the end of his talk, he's led them to a divine truth about angels. And people begin to see, whoa, he's taking them on this journey. And, and he knows that everybody's on this. So he just took them through basically like, you know, through 50 talks. He, you know, 25 minute segments, he walked them through from the existence of God to why the Christian God to then all the way to heaven. My last point on that would be he met everyone. He had like a, I think his schedule was about eight, I don't know, 17, 18 hour days. But he always had two hours during the day in the early afternoon where he would meet people. 
anyone. And he loved to be in conversation with those who were movers and shakers, the thinkers, you know, and not just the, not the allies. He want, if there's a problem with a communist, hey, come on over. And that's how he was able to convert a lot of these people. You know, he was, he was a man immersed in the people. He wasn't just a man hiding behind a television screen. He was a, he was a true saint. He was a Christ mm-hmm. to everyone. How did he get focused so much on Mary and her role in salvation? Well, from his earliest days, he, there was, he had a love for Mary, and he said that that really stemmed from his family. His mother you know, laid him on an altar at baptism and consecrated him. And he said that that, always, that consecration always stuck with him. And then they prayed the, the rosary in their home every single night, a practice that he asked every single married couple that he met to do that as well, to honor the Holy Family. But he also, I mean, with Fulton Sheen, his, his great passion too was, how do you bring the mystery of the incarnation to the world? Like the word becoming flesh, God is among us. And he's like, what's the big link between that? And that's our blessed mother. What was Mary and God's plan? Because in the way he understood Christ and, and the mystery of the incarnation is the way he would understand the church. Because he says the church is just now that extended through the rest of history. So everything that applies to Jesus and the word made flesh that's going to apply to you, to me, to everyone. And it's sort of like, in a, maybe a secular sense, we say like the Christian life is like rinse and repeat. You know, we learned Jesus's life and how the Father came to us. And then we look, how do we get back to him? And he says, Mary was that hinge that was, you know, b- between heaven and earth. And so the more Mary is in our lives, the more Christ is going to be formed in us. And that's kind of a basic way that he understood that. But he also knew how powerful she was throughout history. Uh, I mean, we're, we're coming up um, with this month of Mary and, um, and what Sheen's devotion to Our Lady of Lord, especially, you know, was tremendous. He went, he visited Lord France over 30 times. Every time he went to Europe, he made a stop there. Fatima, he was a true son of our Blessed Mother. And he knew that the times in which we're living we're going to make it through it to the extent that we draw closer to her. And he says, we, and we just have to look at what she's been saying in Fatima. Look at what God has said about her in scripture. You know, the battle against evil and the serpent, she's going to be the one who crushes it. And so when we look to the problems of today, he's like, you know, why is she appearing everywhere? You know, and, and why are we largely ignoring it? I mean, you can go on and on about, you know, Sheen and our blessed mother. And I think we should because it's the hundred that, you know, we just had the hundredth anniversary of Fatima and that was followed by a pandemic that killed, you know, two of the visionaries, Jacinta and Francisco. Are there parallels? Fulton Sheen would say, heaven doesn't do anything in history without the greatest finesse of detail. So why did he send our blessed mother to Fatima, Portugal? In 1917, the same year that the communist and the Bolshevik Revolution was going to take off in Russia, and then our lady's going to talk about the the errors of Russia, which was kind of Sheen's obsession for the rest of his life because he's like nobody seemed to understand it, and here we are today at the fruit of that. We're at the fruit of all of this, you know, attacks against the family, attack against marriage, attacking against gender. This is all Marxism, and people don't realize that they think it's oh we just kind of got to this point. Mm mm. I mean, read Sheen in the 1940s. <laughs> He's like, this is where this is going. So he just saw our Blessed Mother as the one, really as the last resort. And, and he used the Russian theology to explain that. He said, look, when Russia, the Russians always believe that when the world would reject the Father, he'd send his son to save the world. But when the world would reject Christ, 
He said, on that dark night, when the church does that, he will send his mother to illumine the world and look at the last 200 years, especially the last century. He always would draw us to Mary. Excellent. Well, we're going to take a break. And after the break, we're going to talk some more with Dr. Peter Howard about the life and ministry of Venerable Fulton J. Sheen. This is Chris Gunty, and you're listening to Catholic Baltimore. Catholic News from the Archdiocese of Baltimore and around the world with the Catholic Review. Don Shula, the winningest coach in National Football League history, who started his career in Baltimore, died May 4th in Miami. He was 90 years old. Shula recorded the first 73 of his record, 347 wins as head coach with the Baltimore Colts from 1963 to 1969. Whether it was in Baltimore or Miami, where he coached the NFL's only perfect season, Shula was known for his strong Catholic faith. What impressed me the most was that he did not lord it over people, said Father Juan Sosa, pastor of St. Joseph Parish in Miami Beach, where Shula attended the last 10 years of his life. Father Sosa anointed Shula the morning the Hall of Fame coach died. When the Colts hired Shula as their coach, he was just 33 years old and the youngest coach in the NFL at the time. His playing career included four seasons with Baltimore, starting in 1953, when the NFL relocated a team here from Dallas. Colts teammates and players, including many fellow Catholics, included Jim Mutscheller, a graduate of the University of Notre Dame, and Johnny Unitas, who came to Baltimore as an unheralded quarterback, eventually leading the team to NFL titles in 1958 and 1959. For more on this story, visit catholicreview.org. To serve an increasing number of people needing assistance in the wake of the COVID-19 pandemic, Catholic Charities of Baltimore has launched a telephone hotline for the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program, also known as SNAP. Help with filling out forms to receive food stamps is also available in Spanish, according to Sue DeSantis, Administrator for the Catholic Charities Community Services. The SNAP hotline is available in English or Spanish by calling 667 600-2291, Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. until 5 p.m. Again, that number is 667-600-2291, and you can call Monday through Friday, 8.30 a.m. until 5 p.m. Specialists can help callers from the state of Maryland to fill out forms and round up necessary documentation to request food assistance, according to DeSantis. They can also refer callers to other resources, including temporary cash assistance, medical assistance, and child care support, according to Christine Jedim, Client Services Manager at our Daily Bread Employment Center. Jedim estimates that the hotline receives some 30 to 50 calls daily. From the virtual newsroom of the Catholic Review, I'm Kevin Parks. Be safe and take care of each other. Do you want to know more about what's going on in the church and the world than you can get from your daily newspaper or local TV? Read the only publication in the Archdiocese of Baltimore that covers the church full-time, The Catholic Review. Pick up the print magazine monthly at your parish or have The Catholic Review delivered to your home every month. You can get fresh news every day online at catholicreview.org. Subscribe to The Catholic Review e-newsletter for twice-a-week updates. Just text CR Media to 84576. Find our app on Apple and Android and follow The Catholic Review on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest. 
Wherever your faith takes you, Catholic Review Media is ready to inspire, teach, inform, and engage. Read it today in print and online at catholicreview.org. That's catholicreview.org. For 143 years, New Cathedral Cemetery has served the needs of the Catholic community of Baltimore and Central Maryland. New Cathedral is the only cemetery owned by the Archdiocese of Baltimore and is the final resting place for many religious orders and famous citizens. 125 acres of rolling hills, trees, and beautiful monuments, the cemetery is an oasis of peace and tranquility and is located off Edmondson Avenue just outside of Catonsville. New Cathedral is dedicated to the task of tending to the mortal remains of our dearly departed and has many more years of available space. If you are in need of a burial site, vault, monument, or marker, or just a respectful location to place your cremated loved ones, our counselors will help you through this process and make sure the wishes of you and your loved ones are honored. Visit us online at newcathedralcemetery.org, like us on Facebook at New Cathedral Cemetery Bonnie Bray, or call 410-566-7770. You are listening to Catholic Baltimore on Talk Radio 680 WCBM. We're back on Catholic Baltimore talking with Dr. Peter Howard, author and expert on the Blessed Virgin Mary and the life and ministry of Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen, who is on the path to sainthood. Peter, what inspired you about Fulton Sheen that made you want to study him and tell others about his work? Like I was just saying before, with Sheen, nothing happens in, in history without God's finesse of detail. I think that happens on a personal level as well. And that happened to me. I was taking a retreat back in the late 90s and end figuring out my my path in life and my sister said hey why you go on your personal retreat what well, maybe we can listen to these cassette tapes and they were a retreat that Sheen was giving or that he had given in Dallas Texas in 1972 and I was like oh okay I'll, I'll try it you know I've heard of this man and I I put in the first tape a three-hour drive and within the first five minutes I was completely hooked like I felt like he was in the car with me and I spent most of my retreat in the car, just listening to the next tape and to the next one. And it was one of those moments where my, I knew my life would not be the same. Like I heard truth in a way that you just can't walk away from. It was a decision point. And I also felt like I found my spiritual director. And so from that point onward, I just, whatever I can get my hands on with Fulton Sheen. And, and as soon as that happened, I knew that he was going to be part of my life. And then in 2000, around 2002, when his cause for canonization went forward, uh, that was an opportunity for me shortly after to then launch into my doctorate because I knew that he, he was more relevant for our times today. And I, I needed to find a way to get him out there. Just like, you know, we're still going to be mining John Paul II before we move on to the others. I mean, why were these prophetic people given to us? And the more I shared Fulton Sheen with people, they're like, why have I never heard him? He makes more sense than anybody I've ever heard. And he's so accessible. So he had, he became my obsession for, gosh, I'd say the second half of my adult life to the point of forming an institute in, in his honor to continue that mission today. Did anything surprise you about Fulton Sheen as you learned more about him? Well, I was always impressed by his dedication to the daily holy hour. That was the first practice in my life that uh, I began to try to implement right away. And I, I felt the effects of that. And so um, the fact that knowing a man who was so brilliant, especially studying him, like, gosh, I had access to everything is on the archives. 
was in the end for him to say every part of my success was due to the fact that I was faithful to a daily holy hour. That gave me a lot of hope because, I mean, yeah, Sheen saves me a lot of work and headaches because he's done a lot of the homework for me with the theology and the philosophy and all that. But the, but to say that's where he was able to win people over. He says, that's why when I speak, people listen to me. And I was like, whoa, that means anybody, you know? So at a time like today, I was like, it's, it's, his, his secret was really simple. It was adoration and living the message of Fatima. And I was like, that was the biggest surprise for me that somebody so great and so brilliant that that's what it came down to. And he confirmed it. What do you think Archbishop Sheen would do with the electronic and social media options we have today? <laughs> well, I would love to work for him. I don't know how much he'd be like maybe clicking all the buttons, but he would be everywhere. You know, you, you see, uh, I mean, he, he, he would be on every social outlet out there. You know, he'd be producing it. And then, I mean, that was his whole thing. He's cause he, when he, when he introduced radio, his Catholic hour, he says, I could reach more people in one radio broadcast than St. Paul did in all of his apostolic journeys. You know? And so it, to know that he can reach billions of people now, um, you know, he wouldn't be hesitating. I think he'd be doing exactly what we're seeing, right? Even right now, Catholics are stepping up and finding new ways in the virtual world. Um, I think, you know, Sheen would have been doing that as, as early as he could. Why is his message, particularly his teachings about Mary, why is that so important today? And why is it relevant today? I think it's relevant because the world has reached a point where it's totally, it's re, the culture has rejected God rejected Christianity. You know, we're living in a post-Christian world. We're also living in a post-rational world. And so you may say, well, he, you know, then how do you approach somebody rationally? Well, I think it's that combination. Fulton Sheen was given to us for two reasons. One, he, he with Mary especially, he called her the spiritual Trojan horse. You get her in behind the walls of, a, of somebody's heart, and he says, and you watch what happens, the crack she, she betrays that soul to Christ, and she does that with, with cultures. Look at what she's done at Fatima. Look at what she's done in Guadalupe. Civilizations that have been hopeless, you know, cultures of death. I mean, look at the Aztecs and the human sacrifice. Mary is the one he, who says, bear God's gifts to man. She's the gatekeeper between, all, between heaven and earth. Christ comes to us through her. So, you know, he, he would shift that over. And, and, and as a mother, Mary knows how to get into the heart. And so, you know, I think that that's really, in a simple way, why Mary was so important and why he saw her in really ushering the church into this, uh, this new millennium, and especially for these hard times, because he knew that every single grace that God wishes to give us, it passes through her. So the closer we draw to her, the closer we draw to God himself. Mm-hmm. Where can folks learn more about your work and the Fulton Sheen Institute? Well, the best place would be go right to the Fulton Sheen Institute website, fultonsheen.institute. Um, especially, I would recommend checking out the, the blog posts that are quite regular now. Um, working on building up a podcast at the, at the same moment as well. Um, there's been some, a lot of neat events that are uh, work you could say cooperating with there's an upcoming theology of the body conference where i'm giving a special talk on fulton sheen john paul ii um and uh, how that the theology of the body is is necessary for today in the message of fatima so you'll you'll find it as a good portal to access the things of sheen as it grows um with our youtube channel as well so 
uh, Facebook and Twitter, you just go to Sheen, uh, Sheen Institute, and you can see uh, all the things that are going on there. And, you know, it's young. So I'm really hoping through, especially through like webcasts and things like that in this now new world of lockdowns to really be able to engage more. So it's more of an opportunity. So that's a great place to start is FultonSheen.Institute. Excellent. That sounds good. Well, we have been talking today with Dr. Peter Howard, who is an expert on Archbishop Fulton Sheen and his devotion to Mary, the mother of God. Thank you so much for being with us today, Peter. Thanks, Chris. It's been a great pleasure. Thanks. This is Christopher Gunty of the Catholic Review, and you've been listening to Catholic Baltimore. Life can be hard, and at times we feel overwhelmed and alone. When faced with problems, know that there is a group of Catholics who are part of the prayer ministry of the Archdiocese of Baltimore, waiting to lift you and your needs to God in prayer. This ministry is comprised of men and women, young and old, religious and lay, from every ethnic and cultural background. They pray as individuals and in groups, in homes and meeting spaces throughout Baltimore. Like you, they are people who have suffered the same hurts, fears, pains, sickness, loss, and everyday burdens. Learn more about this ministry by visiting our website at www.archbalt.org. If you are in need of prayer, send your prayer request to prayers at archbalt.org or by phone to 410-547-5517. Would you like to volunteer to be a part of the ministry? Prayer ministers are always needed. Please call or email our coordinator who would be happy to speak with you. Child abuse is not only a crime, it's also a sin. The Archdiocese of Baltimore has long made the protection of children a leading priority in its parishes, schools, and other ministries. The Archdiocese seeks to keep kids safe through rigorous training and background checks and by implementing a zero-tolerance policy for anyone credibly accused of abusing a child. For more information about the Archdiocese's efforts to keep our children safe, please visit www.archbalt.org. Thank you for joining us for this edition of Catholic Baltimore. As we prepare for the week ahead, let us do so in prayer together as one community of faith. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Let us also ask the blessing and intercession of our blessed mother as we pray. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. May God bless us and keep us always in his love.